Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. We made it. Well, we almost made it. It's Friday night. We have two hours of this lovely show, which uh, has a lot of stuff on it, man. It does. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed, uh, it's All-Star break and bye week, so he'll be back next Thursday. So you got me to take you through this evening. It's the uh, NHL All-Star Skills Competition, which is weird to say that on a Friday night, but it's a new format this year as far as the days. So it's been always Saturday skills, Sunday afternoons, the All-Star game, but it's going to be tomorrow night, the All-Star games, as Morley Scott and I were talking about at the end of the afternoon news. Uh, Yeah, games will begin on uh, tomorrow, 6 o'clock. We got it right here on 6.30, Chad. So you got uh, Pacific and uh, going up against the Central. And then you got the Metro going up against the Atlantic. And then those two teams, whoever wins out of those, will face each other in the final. And I think there's like a million bucks up for grabs or something like that. So um, it, it's a better format. I mean, all-star games, for what they're worth, is, uh, you know, they, they can be tough to watch. And the Pro Bowl's on Sunday, and that's not a lot of fun as well. But, hey, if you want to see some fun and... Guys in the, you know, kind of a different environment, not in the ultra-competitive environment. Connor McDavid right now is up uh, competing in the fastest skater. He should win. He's won the last two years. So, yeah, well, you know, hey, all-star games are, you know, they are what they are. So Connor McDavid is uh, off and running here. Has to beat the time of uh, 13.579. And let's see how he does here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13.454. Patrick Bauer is uh, with us the other side of the glass. Connor McDavid's fast, isn't he? That was amazing. Like, uh, like I'm always I'm always thinking they're going to crash to the boards. It's hard to do to go around those pylons and, 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 and to skate that hard into the corner and then have the enough enough of the agility and the balance to just stay on your skates and maintain the speed. It's amazing. Yeah, so, I, if I were to attempt that, I'm pretty sure I'd end up stuck to the glass. You know, one of those corners would, would get the best of me. You like all-star games? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I, I like the skills competition more. I think that's really exciting stuff. You know, it's like... Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. You know, I noticed uh, this week the uh, NFL Pro Bowl, and I think they're having trouble selling tickets, so they really slashed prices for oh, for, for the game. Uh, it's a, it's at uh, it's in Orlando, but they did have they did have the uh, skills competition earlier this week, and that's always fun to see. It's a little weird because quarterbacks have to throw it, you know, moving. You know, targets that are, you know, just or just stationary targets. And, you know, there's some interesting things out there that, you know, you don't normally see in a football game. Yeah, but, for sure. But you have enough. Like the like the, the skill that the, the event in the skills competition that I find really weird is the passing accuracy. It's just 
kind of boring. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, oh, he hit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hardest shot I love. I always love yeah. the accuracy shooting. Yeah. Um, and the breakaways I, I always love too. So, and uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see Alex Ovechkin in some crazy garb tonight because he uh, decided to skip the All Star game and he'll serve his one game suspension after oh. uh, the All Star game. But anyway, nice to have you along there, buddy. Thank you. So there you go. Hey, uh, let's just do this straight away here. Uh, always love having this guy on, uh, Andrew Walker from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Uh, Andrew, nice to have you on the show, and uh, happy All-Star Weekend. Yeah, you too. Always great to be on uh, Inside Sports. Now, tell me, uh, are you a fan of All-Star Games? Am I a fan of All-Star Games? No, I do not circle it on my calendar, um, but I'm not, a, I'm not an All-Star Game hater. I think it's uh, they put me in the category of people that think it's it's uh, it's fun for kids. It's a regional thing, much like uh, an outdoor game. It's uh, it's good to grow the game. It's nice to see some stars with personality. Will I watch it? Unlikely. Well, I mean, it, uh, if I'm out for a couple of beers or something and it happens to be on the TV in the in the sports bar, I will watch it. I'm not making plans to watch it, and I'm not PVRing it. <laughs> I think a lot of people agree, but you're right. Probably a lot of kids are, are probably saying to their mom and dad, "Can you can can you PVR the skills competition that's going on tonight? Sure. Can you PVR yeah. the?" Uh, I am. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I am intrigued to see to see McDavid in the fastest skater, yeah. right? Because I think he, yeah, I, I think he is the fastest skater that the league has ever seen. So it's 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 his to win if he wants to win it. That's so that intrigues me. I will say that that's the only thing. And, you know, the thing about All-Star Games is they're, they're never going to go away. And I think they've gotten, you know, when I, when I think about, you, you talked about it's geared towards kids. And I remember watching, you know, in the in the 80s, especially All-Star Games. But they were really competitive and there were some nasty things going on in All-Star Games and slashing and cross-checking and the odd body checking. But it just seems as, you know, as, as time has went on that, you know, that, that just doesn't happen. But um, All-Star Games are not going to go away because they're, they're a big, uh, they're a big uh, schmooze fest for the league and, and, and sponsors and, and, and for fans. And I, I mean, I, I like what they've done um, at, at this All-Star game, for example. The, the media day looked nice uh, and looked pretty cool yesterday. But, you know, hey, as, as much as we like to grit our teeth and, you know, say, I hate All-Star games, they're never going away. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny, too, because you, you say that, and I remember watching All-Star games, you know, in the in the early to mid-'90s and, a, you know, a little later, and remember the uh, Owen Nolan and Ray Bork and all that stuff, and it's really easy to say, "Oh, All Star Games used to be pretty good," um, or was it just we were a, a younger, uh, non-jaded, more naive style of hockey fan then? Which, let's be honest, uh, I think I think young kids are. So, I, you know, I, I think it's I think it's cyclical. What, what's really cool, I think, uh, at this All Star Game is is the youth that's in that's involved in the game, and I think it's it's parallel to the youth that's in the game right now. And um, you know, I was reading an article yesterday, and uh, three of the top, I think, no, it's six of the top uh, scorers in the National Hockey League. There, there's not one of those scorers that are players that are over 26 years old, and and scoring is up. The average is six goals per game, which is not to the level of the early 90s or the or even the 1980s. But uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of young talent on display, including a Connor McDavid and a Drysaddle and Elias Pettersson is is someone that's really a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in Vancouver are intrigued to see how how Pettersson does in a in a skill game amongst the stars and, and if he stands out. But you're right, this year has been 
I mean, the, the season usually begins with a bit of an offensive surge, and no one keeps it up, right? You might see, you know, a one or two or three hundred point guys. This year, it's been crazy, and it's and it's not going away. And you're right; it's always been um, trending in the direction of a, of a younger guy's game. And I mean, the numbers right now feel like video game numbers for these scores. And I mean, I just I don't see it slowing down, at least not this year. I, I mean, people point to the you know, there's been some change in goaltending equipment or whatever, but I, like, I, I don't think that's the sole reason. I, you just, you know, the physicality's gone away. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But you might have 11, 12 guys with 100 points. You have 41, I think, guys on pace for a point per game or better. And, I mean, we, you know, we went through that whole thing with Jim Lights criticizing Tyler Sagan and Jamie Bannon, and people look at their numbers and say, well, those guys are getting a lot of points. Like, <laughs> like that might be unfair. What are you complaining but, about, right? <laughs> But it's but it's not but it's not accurate because a point a game player right now in the National Hockey League that makes you maybe a top forty top fifty scorer in the league and that's not good enough for stars like that. Yeah, no, no question about it. As we're joined by Andrew Walker from Sportsnet six fifty in Vancouver here tonight on six thirty Chad Inside Sports and you know you talk about you know being a speed game right now and the Oilers are definitely trying to uh, they're they're going to have to transition into a more of a speedier team compared to what they were when Peter Shirelli came in and they morphed into uh, or they they became a, a big heavy team and now it's just kind of like the wool got or the rug got pulled from underneath them and it's much more of a, a skill speed game now. And that brings us to what I would like to affectionately call this uh, race at the bottom of the Western Conference standings, Andrew, as the Turtle Derby, which the Canucks are involved with, where you, you have uh, you have uh, right now the Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche, who are uh, in the wild card positions right now with 52 points, but then you have Vancouver just below the cut line at 52 points, uh, the Anaheim Ducks at 51, the Coyotes, 50, and then the Oilers and St. Louis Blues at 49. And, (laughs) you know, I I can't recall in a while uh, having this type of parity at the bottom of uh, of the playoff uh, cut line. But, man, it's it's almost like these teams don't want those final two spots. Yeah, it's strange. And for a couple teams, I mean, like Vancouver's tickled pink to be there, right? I mean, they're on a... An 83-point pace, is that great? No, but that's an improvement. Like, 83 points is not going to get you into the postseason, nor should it, but um, that is a marked improvement and better than expectations for Vancouver. For Arizona, they've had so many injuries. Uh, They've lost their starting goaltender for the year, and there they are, 50 points in 50 games. Is that great? No. Is it better than anticipated? Yes, but you're right. It's teams like there's the Oilers, there's the Blues, uh, there's the Ducks. I gotta imagine right now, Colorado's gotta be a little disappointed. They're in they're in a playoff spot. They have 52 points in 50 games, but they came out like a house on fire. They have three of the top 10 point getters in the National Hockey League. They should be better than they are. And then we all know the the ups and downs with Dallas. So um, the good news is, I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to continue this way. I, like a, you're going to see. It, the team that makes it in, like if the Edmonton Oilers make it in, if the Vancouver Canucks make it in, it's because they went out and deserved it and won a bunch of games because somebody is going to have a really good second half and, and grab that. I, I don't think you're going to see a uh, an 86-point an team make the playoffs. I still think it's going to take 
uh, low low nineties to mid nineties. Yeah, I think you're right, absolutely. And you know what's what's really staggered is when you look at the goal differentials. And you mentioned the Colorado Avalanche, and they should be doing better than they are, but they're a plus seven goal differential, which isn't great when you compare to you know what the top three teams in the Pacific and the Central have, minus the Minnesota Wild who are even, and they could still fall back in that wild card uh, conversation. But you got the Stars at minus two, the Canucks at minus fourteen, um, the Coyotes and Blues minus. 10 Oilers minus 19 Anaheim is minus 33 like my goodness yeah it's wild no yeah they they, I mean minus 33 is tough to really get through your head which is uh, right down there with Chicago and LA in the west I mean John Gibson's been terrific Um, but yeah the, the the goal scoring in Anaheim just hasn't been there and they're continually getting banged up I just I don't see Anaheim hanging around there's the one team i don't see Anaheim hanging around i don't see arizona hanging around and when the canucks come back um they have a five-game road road trip and 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 listen like i think again i think the canucks have been a good story mm. um but this is a group that would be more than happy i think to, to continue the season on the pace that they have and i don't think that's going to be good enough Andrew Walker joining us from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver here on 630 Chat Inside Sports. So Canucks fans, how are they taking this uh, this, this uh, run to the playoffs here, especially when you got a carrot like Jack Hughes uh, up for grabs for the upcoming uh, NHL entry draft? And, and, you know, a lot of pundits said Vancouver was you know going to be a lottery team, and maybe they still will be, but right now they're, they're the team that are right below the playoff cut line. Yeah, and don't forget Vancouver hosts the draft too, which That's uh, right. adds another... Another little wrinkle to it. Well, I remember coming on with you. I think it was it was prior to the the home opener here. Yep. And uh, and I remember saying, and yeah, I like listen. I'll I'll eat a little bit of crow. The Canucks were coming off the most miserable preseason I've ever seen out of any uh, team I've covered in an NHL market before. And I and I really thought I would be surprised if they weren't thirty first or thirtieth this year in the National Hockey League, but. Like Jacob Markstrom has has come into his own. Uh, Bo Horvat's having a great year, and we all know what Elias Pettersson has done. He is a Patrick Kane esque type of franchise changer. We remember when Patrick came Kane came in in, in 2007 with the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm. Caves is great, but but Kane, uh, along with him, just transformed the direction of that entire franchise. Uh, I, I think I think Pettersson has had that ability here. Now. Um, uh, what do I think there is still a bit of a not a worry i mean i'm a I'm a fan of winning i think uh, I think winning breeds positivity mm-hmm. i think I think young guys learning how to win is huge. I would much rather if I'm a Canucks fan have them one point out of the playoffs than in the conversation to pick second or third third overall. I think it's much more beneficial um, you know this is a club that that some some fans still want them to to end up with that first or second overall pick, and I just think a lot has to go wrong to get to that spot, right? And I don't gotta tell you guys in in that market, um, you know, about about cheering for for a lottery win or, or cheering to to drop in the standings because what does it, what what does it do? And there there's some bad luck at Edmonton too, where yeah. you know the the draft classes and the and the consensus guys at the top weren't necessarily difference makers but um the losing hurts more than the draft pick helps you know unless it's gone to mcdavid yeah 
No, no question about it. And as we finish up here, and we really appreciate your time uh, today, Andrew, I am talking to you, and you are working in Vancouver right now, and I know there's a lot of sports fans and Eskimo fans that are quite nervous that a certain former Eskimos general manager, who is now the general manager of the BC Lions, is going to swoop in uh, some point after February 12th and grab Mike Riley, uh, the beloved Edmonton Eskimos quarterback, and nab him and, and bring him back to the West Coast. There's a lot of people nervous right now. I'm sure there's a lot of people, but I, when I say that are shaking in their boots right now and it's legit Andrew that Mike Riley could be a BC Lion could be an Edmonton Eskimo but he could be a BC Lion too yeah I um I would be I'll say it I I will be surprised if he's not a BC Lion I think the desire is here I think there's some living and family intangibles that uh that could persuade him. I, I think Ed Hervey wants him. I know Devon Claybrooks wants him. Um, again, it, like it all comes down to, to, you know, we've all had career decisions to make, what he's feeling in the moment. I think that things line up for the potential for Mike Riley to be here in, in Vancouver, and I'm intrigued to see how the market responds. And very, and I think in unison, Eskimo fans are shaking their fists at the radio and going, no, Andrew, you can't have him. You can't have him, Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I, I'm, th- I'm there. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's not a BC line. All right. We'll leave it at that. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us as always. You're very generous with your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? You bet, Dave, anytime. All right. Uh, Andrew Walker from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Yes, a lot of nervous Edmonton Eskimo fans for sure about the uh, future of one Mike Riley, who, happy birthday, Mike, 34 years old today. And uh, on behalf of Eskimo fans, yes, please come back. Anyway, <laughs> okay, we got duped. Patrick, you and I got duped. Um, the All-Star Game uh, skills competition has not begun yet. Sportsnet is showing last year's from Tampa Bay. That's kind of weird, but, uh, uh... you know. I feel a fool. Yeah, I, I do too. And there's a few people <laughs> on the text line going, no, that's not live. That's last year's. Okay, I should I should have checked. I should have checked. My bad. The, there's uh, an info button on this remote I have. Too. <laughs> <laughs> there's one that I have too. Okay, in fact, if I press info, uh, oh, best moments from the 2018 All-Star Skills Competition. <sighs> All right, then. Well, that's a wash. I'm going home. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Good night, folks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, McDavid won last year's fastest skater. He's a two-time defending champion. Uh, he didn't play in the All-Star game two years ago, because or three years ago, because he was hurt with the collarbone. Dylan Larkin won that year, but it's been McDavid's event the last two years, and he'll be in that event when the skills competition begins after 7 o'clock. Edmund- this episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
in time uh, and we will keep you up to date uh, on how he does and I'm sure he's the favorite to win. Edmonton Oil Kings in action tonight. They will take on the Moose Jaw Warriors at Rogers Place, 7 o'clock. Oil Kings uh, doing pretty well. Last 10 games, they're 6-2-2. Two, two. Um, won their last outing 3-2 against the Calgary Hitmen. Back on the 19th, um, the uh, Prospects game was on Wednesday night. And uh, that was a lot of fun for... Um, everyone involved, including Oil King uh, Matthew Robinson, who uh, was involved with Team Cherry. So good on him, absolutely, for uh, for him. So the Oil Kings, man, they're doing good this year. Uh, the uh, chances of them going to the playoffs are pretty good. They are, they are pretty good, uh, no doubt about it. So we will uh, we will keep you. A prize to that game. Uh, NBA tonight, the Raptors are in action. They're taking on red-hot James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Harden, 61 points in his last outing. And right now, he's, he's scoring like 40% of the Rockets' offense. It's just ridiculous uh, what he's been doing. Kawhi Leonard back in the lineup. The uh, Rockets up 16-8 to eight in the uh, first quarter of play. News is next from the 6.30 Chet 24-Hour News Center. We come back. We're going to hear some comments from, from Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid about All-Star Weekend, but also about uh, Peter Shirelli's firing a couple days ago and uh, what Connor McDavid you know, kind of clarifies, not really clarifies, he reinforces his comments earlier in the week, especially the, uh, if you don't like it here, get out comment so we'll hear from that from him those comments much more coming up in the next half hour 6 30 chat inside sports Six thirty-four. welcome back to the program dave campbell and for reed wilkins tonight monday tuesday wednesday next week reed will be back in the big chair on Thursday, the Oilers will be back in action a week tomorrow in Philadelphia. It's the first of back-to-back games on the road, and it's an afternoon. Both are afternoon games. Uh, the first game uh, next Saturday, 9.30 face-off show, 11 o'clock, drop of the puck in Philly. Then at uh, uh, then the next day, Sunday, February 3rd in Montreal, 10.30 is the face-off show, and it's a noon start, Oilers and Montreal Canadiens. It's the all-star break plus the bye week. And the way the NHL is doing the bye weeks now, there were some teams that had the bye week before the all-star break. So you have the bye week, then the all-star break, then they come back. I think I think games start on Monday, actually. I'll have to confirm that, but I believe that's the case. And then for the other teams, including the Oilers, it's the all-star break, and then it's the bye week. So the Oilers, I believe, officially are back on the first um, and they're going to have probably some jello legs because uh, no one is going to be skating, I would imagine. Um, they'll be going to their holiday destinations or some maybe just stay back in Edmonton uh, with their families, but I'm sure most uh, most are going to probably take off, and that's probably the same for most of the team. Skills competition begins in San Jose on Sunday, or sorry, San Jose tonight. Um, just after 7 o'clock, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl taking part. And uh, Connor McDavid trying to defend his uh, two-time 
championship title for the fastest skater. He's won the last two years. And uh, Leon Dreisaitl will take part in events as well. Uh, Sidney Crosby will not take part in tonight's All-Star game. He's just going to rest an injury, but he should be playing tomorrow for the Metro Division as they take on the Atlantic Division and the Pacific Division against the Central Division. It all begins tomorrow, 6 o'clock. You can catch it live right here on 6.30. Ched, uh, about uh, being at another All-Star game. Um, Connor McDavid says, you know, it's nice to be here with a teammate in uh, Leon Dreisaitl and was really happy that he got he won the uh, last man in vote for the Pacific Division. He's so deserving of it. Um, you know, it, I was I was so happy when he was voted in. Um, you know, he's earned it. Um, he's, he's had a tremendous year and, and um, you know, to be able to be here and, and, uh, and enjoy this experience with him. And, um, you know, it uh, means a lot. I know it's and uh, Leon Drysaddle says, "Oh, I'm I'm happy to be here with Connor McDavid as well." Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's amazing. Um, you know, obviously he he helped me a little bit. Um, you know, understanding what what it's going to be like, and um, you know, it's, it's it's cool to to have someone here that I'm very familiar with and um, that you know we get along with, and um, you know, I'm just excited to to spend these these two days with him and, and obviously with the other guys. So you would think with the three-on-three format, and, and there's no better duo in the National Hockey League that contributes more to their team than Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, you, we've seen him in three-on-three overtime, and then, and then the, the highest-scoring duo, as I mentioned, in the, in the NHL, and we know why. I mean, it's because the Oilers' depth is, uh, is uh, very much lacking. But it's, it's the All-Star weekend, right? It's the All-Star game. Is there anyone else that Dreisaitl is looking forward to playing with? It's hard to pick one guy. I really don't want to disrespect anyone, but to me, uh, Eric Carlson is, uh, you know, he's always my favorite favorite defenseman to watch. He's it's just no, there's no, he's just always relaxed. It seems so chill on the ice. There's no stress point ever for him. So um, he's, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, I would really look forward to. So we'll see how it all looks uh, tomorrow night when uh, the three-on-three games begin. But uh, you got to think, McDavid and Drysaddle will see a lot of time together. How about that, eh? McDavid, Drysaddle, Carlson on the ice at the same time? It's probably going to happen at some point. Okay, so this week, uh, Peter Shrelly fired by the Oilers. That happened, uh, tech- well, officially it happened Tuesday night. Um during the game between the Detroit Red Wings where the Oilers lost 3-2, their third straight loss. And Keith Gretzky will take over on an interim basis. Bob Nicholson, who's the vice chair of Oilers Entertainment Group, is going to uh, oversee the hockey operations. But uh, Connor McDavid didn't really want to talk about uh, Peter Shirelli's firing during All-Star Weekend, although he did have a sit-down, a quick uh, sit-down interview with Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet and uh, kind of delved into it a little bit more then but this is what Leon Dreisaitl had to say about uh, the firing of one Peter Shirelli you know obviously those are always tough days I mean um, I said it before you know there's only so much you know those people coaches management they can do you know to, to a certain degree it's 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 about us players we need to figure out how how to win hockey games and, and be a successful organization and uh, there's only so much uh, you know those guys can do but um, you know, obviously those, those days are tough, and um, I guess uh, it is part of, of the business. So, moving on, what do the po- what are positives that the Oilers can take 
from this season right now, Connor McDavid? But positives, I would say uh, we're three points out of a playoff spot. Um, I think that gets lost. I think that really is lost. Uh, you know, we're going through a lot of different changes with three points out um, and have a chance to make playoffs. And really, that's the that's the truth of it. They are only three points out, even though they have some teams they got to climb over. I think it's four teams they have to climb over to even get into a playoff position. So it's going to be tough, especially when those teams start playing each other. It's not going to be easy. But they are only three points out. And yeah. <laughs> You know, can the break re-energize this team? I don't know. What is Connor McDavid looking forward to after the All-Star break? Once uh, the bye week is over and this team comes back together again and, and starts playing again. And some very important hockey games. Every game's important for this team as long as they're in the playoff hunt until now and in, in, in the end of the year. But what is Connor McDavid looking forward to? What I look forward to coming back from the break is uh, is trying our best to prove everyone wrong. Um, you know, we have an opportunity here where um, things seem pretty down on us. Um, you know, there's a, a sense of negativity within media, within um, you know, everyone around the team. And, you know, we, we, get to, we get to prove people wrong and we get to decide how we're going to finish the second half. So um, that's what I look forward to. All right. And remember this comment earlier in the week? Well, if there's guys that believe that, then they should get the, you know, they should get out of the room. Um, you know, if you don't believe in this group and, and, and you're in the locker room, then you need to leave. So um, I don't get that sense. I don't feel that way. Um, you know, I know I think that uh, everyone in there believes in each other and please will get it done. So he didn't really clarify the comments today. He said basically reinforce those comments. You know, I mean, that's something that, that, that we talk about in the room. You know, it's, it's nothing new. I mean, no, no teammates that watched that interview, if they did whatever, were like, surprised. And I don't think anyone in the hockey world would be surprised to say that. I think that's pretty cliche. Is, you know, if you really don't believe in the group, then you don't have to be there. Um, you know, so. And apparently he did give that message to the, to, to the, to the players inside the room, away from the cameras and away from the recorders and away from the notepads. The same message was delivered to the team. You're either in this or you're not. So either come aboard and buy in or we don't want you anymore. You might as well not be here. So it wasn't just to say it to say it. Apparently he, he put more emphasis behind those comments and more um, you know, he reinforced it to his teammates away from the media. What about the character in that room, Connor McDavid? Character-wise, um, you know, I think, you know, it's easy to think that we have turmoil in our locker room or we have, you know, this and that. We don't have that at all. We're a tight group. You know, guys love to play for each other. Um, you know, so it's not that. Tight group that's finding a lot of difficulty with with maintaining a high level of confidence right now and a group that is having trouble, I think, believing. And that's where you hope the 10-day break can help. Maybe re re-energize that belief, re-energize the focus and, you know, they get away from it for a little bit and maybe they come back with a, with a clear picture. Uh, Carter McDavid, uh, you know, this talk comes up and it's, honestly, it's kind of irritating when you hear this talk. Well, 
how happy is Connor McDavid in Edmonton? Well, he talked about this very short and simple answer. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's just not the case at all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to be part of the solution, and, and, uh, and, and that's all I'll say on that. He signed an eight-year extension the previous offseason. You think after, and this is the first year, he's partway through his first year of an eight-year deal. You think Connor McDavid is just going to say, throw his hands up and go, ah, I've had it, I just want to leave now. I want to trade. I mean, I'm sure if he made that request, and he hasn't, he's not even close to it. But yeah, their teams would accommodate that request for sure. But there is no way Connor McDavid, after a half a season into a new contract, is going to say, well, I'm done. I want to get out. So the move has been made that Peter Shirelli is out. And now it's up to whoever is going to be the general manager going forward to see what they can do to clean this up. And it's a bit of a mess. That's a bit of a mess. It's a big mess. No question about it when you have a cap team. But all the talk, well, Connor McDavid's just going to ask for a trade and get out of here. We are so far away from that happening. And if this team does turn around, and it's going to take a lot of work and probably it's not going to happen in a year, it's not going to happen, maybe it happens in two years, more likely three years before this team can really start to become a contender again but maybe not who knows just that's a lot of contracts they got to deal with that have really hurt this team's cap position but to to think that Connor McDavid is going to give up like that no no is he frustrated yes is he upset yes is he kind of tired of having so many GM changes and coaching changes, I think so. I mean, he talked about the relationship with interim GM Keith Gretzky, who uh, takes over for Peter Shirelli. Of course, Gretzky was brought in to be the uh, assistant general manager. My relationship with Keith Gretzky is uh, it's, it's, it's basic. I mean, I, I know him obviously a little bit. I don't know him a tremendous amount. Um, you know, but I think that that's a lot of GMs. I- yeah, there you go. A lot of GMs. And I'm sure he's in the ear of, of management going, you know, we need some stability here. But whoever that general manager is has got to, he's got to take his, he's got he's to fulfill his end of the bargain. And Peter Shirelli did not. And it was quite evident the last couple of seasons that this really fell off the rails. And said it last night, you know, this was a team, and said it to Andrew Walker in, in, in the first hour, that this was a team that Peter Shirelli built in the era of you needed big, heavy teams in a division that had big, heavy teams in the Sharks, the Kings, the Ducks, and that, then that changed. And obviously, Peter Shirelli did not react to it very well. And now we're getting text here. Uh, McDavid is rehearsed and scripted. Well, I think most players probably are very careful in what they say. McDavid is going to pull a pronger and skip town. Wow, listen to all the years of experience from a 21-year-old kid. How do I know that he won't ask for a trade? Common sense, that's how I know. That's how I know. So, anyway, that's the noise that this team has to not listen to. You can have that opinion, and you can have that concern. I mean, is it going to be a concern if this team doesn't turn it around in two, three years? Yeah, I, I think so. But I think even then, 
Connor McDavid's not going to just sit there and just go, well, I'm going to leave. I don't know. I mean, I just don't see it at this stage of the game that he would pull a stunt like that. The Chris Pronger situation and the Connor McDavid situation, I mean, it's not even close. We're not even close to that point. So it's kind of, to me, pointless to talk about it. Connor McDavid is not going to ask for a trade. No way. No way, no how. Uh, about the downtime during All-Star Weekend. Of course, he's going to be competing in the skills competition tonight with Leon Dreisaitl. The game tomorrow, then there's going to be some downtime for a few days. And then McDavid says, we got to take advantage of that. you got to find a way to, uh, to enjoy your break, too. Um, you know, and, and it's the All-Star game. Um, Leon and I have both earned the right to be here. Um, and we, uh, or we want to enjoy it, and, and, and like anyone else, and um, you have a nice, uh, nice break afterwards and, and get back refreshed. So can a break of this length, can it change the mindset? Can it change the fortunes? Well, I'm sure this is going to be a much fresher group, but they got to do it on the ice. And they have proven over the last couple of games that they have some real issues and they proved it a lot, lot longer than that. I and mean, this has been almost a month since kind of the, the honeymoon period with Ken Hitchcock coming in as the new head coach. This team has not played good hockey over the last 17 games. They've lost 12 of those games. So coming back refreshed and, and that doesn't automatically mean you're going to play well on the ice. they got some tough games coming up and in a tough fight for a playoff spot. But it's there. It's there for them. You know, it's like no one wants those final spots in the West, but they're there. And if you have a Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on your team, you, you got a chance. But the goaltending's got to get better. The defense will improve with Oscar Kleffbaum. How much will it improve? Well, it was pretty good before he got hurt. You know, and then after that, man, they miss him. But he'll be back. But man, the goaltending has to get better. They got to find scoring from other areas. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, there's a lot of work for this team to do. But it's only three points. But the way they've been playing, that seems like a really big deficit. So we'll see what happens. It's 6.50. Back with more in a moment. Remember when Ryan Nugent Hopkins called into the show a few years ago? That's when they, uh, the All-Star format was... Team Jonathan Taves and Team whoever else. And he was like, I think the last two picks. And Ovechkin ended up being, I can't remember if he's the last pick or third last pick or something like that. But Nugent Hopkins, I don't think was picked last, but second last. But uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a one-time all-star. The uh, skills competition coming up from San Jose that will have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl uh, representing the Edmonton Oilers. The games are tomorrow starting at 6 o'clock. You can catch it live right here on 6.30. Ched, uh, this text comes in. McClellan wasn't the problem all this time. I agree with that. Shirelli should have been gone after the Hall trade. I don't agree with that. You don't think the uh, management group and ownership ag- uh, approved that trade? Agreed, you know, gave Shirelli the green light? We have to think about this, right? They did make the playoffs after that trade. And then, like I said, the game changed, and Peter Shirelli did not react very well to it. And then Cam Talbot did not have the type of season he did two years ago for whatever reason. So to say the GM should have been fired after the Hall trade is is uh, ridiculous. 
When is uh, Dan asked? When is Sekera expected back? Thought he was supposed to be back early January. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, he's skating. He's getting closer. He's on long-term IR. I'm sure the challenge is getting him off long-term IR, considering their cap situation. But um, that is something to watch after the All-Star break in the bye week as well. And um, you hope you have a healthy Sekera and. I, I would think this is not a situation where they are rushing him back, unlike last year when he came back probably earlier than he should have off of the torn ACL suffered in the playoffs against the Anaheim Ducks. But, uh, yeah, that is something to watch, uh, the Andre Sekera return, and when will it happen? We know Oscar Kleffbaum will return in the Oilers' first game back from the bye week in Philadelphia a week from Saturday. News is next from the 6.30 Chad 24-Hour News Center. We come back, and we'll switch gears. We'll talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame election. A lot of pitchers, including the late Roy Halladay. Oh, if you're a Toronto Blue Jay fan or just a sports fan, period, oh, you love watching Doc pitch. We'll hear from Mike Johnson, who uh, Major League Baseball pitcher himself from Edmonton. Yeah, played for the... Uh, Expos played for the Orioles, drafted by the Blue Jays. So we'll have that discussion coming up. And that and much more as the second hour of Inside Sports is on the way. Dave Campbell and Fareed Wilkins tonight. Glad to have you aboard. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.